This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladensami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable, we're honored to welcome Herzl Markov. Herzl Markov has been the president of the Menachem Begin Center for the last 21 years, an organization dedicated to Israel's sixth prime minister, his life and legacy. Under Herzl Markov's leadership, the center has grown to become one of the leading groups in Zionist and democratic education, led by the values of Menachem Begin, serving the thousands of young people and soldiers who participate in his program every year. Serving as a fighter pilot in the Israeli Air Force, obtaining the rank of major, his squadron participated in the Israeli Air Force's bombing of Osirak, Iraq's nuclear reactor, in 1981, under the orders of Prime Minister Menachem Begin. This decision established what was called the Begin Doctrine. No country with the declared aim of destroying Israel would be permitted to acquire the means to do so. Mr. Markov served as a Chief of Staff to the Prime Minister. Additionally, he served as the Secretary General of World Zionist Organization and as a member of the Board of Yad Vashem. And indeed, it is our great honor to welcome Mr. Herzl Markov to America's Roundtable. A very good morning to you, Mr. Markov. Good morning, Mr. Markov. Good morning to you, and thank you for having me. Mr. Markov, you have lived through the conflicts in the region over the decades and have been in the prime minister's office and during some very difficult times. What is different about this most recent terrorist attack carried out by Hamas, which have left over 1,300 Israelis killed, over 20 Americans killed, uh, 3,000-plus individuals wounded, and 150 individuals taken as hostages. And this was done by Hamas, backed by Iran. What are Israelis feeling today? What is the situation in Israel today? As you know, and as you mentioned, we in Israel uh, went through a lot of troubles and tragedy uh, during the years. And we had to go through tough wars from uh, 48, the independence war, but I think we never had in our history such an event, an assault on civilians, innocent civilians living in their uh, villages and uh, small towns without targeting any uh, military uh, target. We experienced war. So we know that there are uh, innocent uh, victims Sometimes uh, it's it's part of the price, but to target civilians, target uh, you know infants, children, women, old people, 
and to just kill them for killing and then assault the bodies, it's unbelievable and unthinkable and unacceptable. And that's what we went through uh, in the last uh, weekend during a holy day of the Feast of Sukkot, the last uh, day of Sukkot. And really, as you said, I'm, and you can see from my white hair, uh, I've been here uh, in the last few decades. We never felt such a, a sense of being assault, being hit uh, in such a low level, in such atrocity, in such evil. Uh, there is a war between Israelis and Arabs, but never they went so low. Hmm. The assault of a terrorist group Hamas, which is funded, backed, trained by Iran, happened on the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur War. And it's now the worst tragedy, the worst attack ever in Israel's history. When you talk about Hamas, you know, for how long have they been around? Because obviously the, these attacks are just going to continue if they're not dealt with completely. When do you remember hearing about Hamas for the first time? Hamas uh, was founded about 40 years ago in one of the wicked uh, points of the PLO inside the Palestinian society. Uh, PLO was the main organization but Hamas is an Islamic group. The PLO is not a religious organization. Hamas is part of the Islamic Brotherhood. Uh, and it, is, it was said, it's, it's uh, parallel to ISIS with their ideology, with their means, with the, the way of thinking, their mindset. You know, Menachem Begin, the late prime minister, uh, when he uh, saw in a much smaller scale, such a behavior uh, of a group of terrorists about 40 years ago, when they attacked a family and killed the family, he said, they are not human beings. They are animals on two feet. Hmm. And it's hard to accept. I mean, it's hard to realize that you see uh, people, you see human beings, but their way of conduct is out of any norms that we can expect in the civilized world that we're supposed to live in. And uh, in fact, uh, we are very concerned about the fact that there are reports, uh, you know, and we all know that Iran has been backing Hamas group, the terrorist group, as well as Hezbollah, uh, which is in uh, the southern border of Lebanon and the northern part of Israel. And uh, there are serious concerns that uh, Iran is, you know, continuing to fuel this hatred and uh, targeting the Jewish state of uh, Israel. And um, what are the issues that you see coming together at this stage here with addressing Iran? And what can the United States and other countries do in, in holding Iran to account for funding these terrorist organizations that target a sovereign state? Iran has the same ideology as Hamas, Hezbollah, and ISIS. It's ideology of killing, of evil, of, of making the world the worst place to live in. They believe that if you make 
the, the world worse, then their uh, vision will be able to uh, be fulfilled. Uh, and we have to consider all of them in the same way. And uh, that's why the, the, not only for the sake of Israel, but for the sake of Saudi Arabia, uh, which Iran is targeted because of uh, difference in Islamic uh, beliefs. And the rest of the world, if we won't be able to stop Iran from acquiring a nuclear reactor, we are facing a suffering and, and disaster. It's a strategic target that the U.S., Israel, and the rest of the world have to make a first priority because we see what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And now it's not, uh, uh, we are not talking theories or an assumption. We see what their proxy are doing and we know what they are capable, capable of doing. Uh, Mr. Markov, uh, we just wanted to share very briefly here, and we'd like to certainly have you back on America's Roundtable to go more in depth about the important mission and vision of the Menachem Begin Heritage Center, which is the official national memorial of one of the greatest leaders of the Jewish people in the 20th century. You personally knew Menachem Begin, and his name is engraved in the history of the Jewish people as a commander of Irgun, leader of the opposition in the Knesset and the Prime Minister of Israel. And the center, the Begin Center, commemorates the legacy of Menachem Begin as a proud and fearless fighter for freedom, uh, the future and the security of the Jewish people in their land, but also of engaging Arab leaders. And if it weren't for the leadership of Menachem Begin, we would not have seen peace being brokered between Israel and Egypt uh, at the Camp David discussion and talks that we had in the years of 1978 and so forth. Could you share with us the important role that the Menachem Begin uh, Center plays uh, in the lives of Israeli uh, individuals, the Israeli society, and why is it even more important today than ever before? Unfortunately, and with uh, great pain, I must say that the situation now proves how the leadership of Menachem Begin, the value that he was driven by, are so relevant and so true. On one hand, he seek peace and persecute peace. And he, from the day he started his office uh, as a Prime Minister of Israel, he started to uh, work on uh, peace with Egypt. And after less than two years of negotiation, and in the beginning, secret negotiation, then open negotiation, negotiation, as you said, in Camp David and in uh, other places, Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat, the late president of Egypt, uh, were able to reach peace, which is still stabilized the region for the last 40 some years. On the other hand, he was very tough and very sharp, maybe first sharp and then tough, to identify the, the enemies of Israel, to identify their means, and then to persecute them. Uh, and you mentioned the attack on the Osirak nuclear re reactor. That's the other and the other side 
of Begin's policy to make peace with readiness to pay a high price, we gave back all Sinai, including oil, including a lot of things, uh, which Israel cherished during the time that we hold it. But on the other hand, and he said that, when the enemy of the state of Israel and the Jewish people say that they are going to uh, uh, attack you, believe them. They mean it. Don't dismiss it. Don't say, as leaders tend to say, you know, it's just for internal uh, uh, propaganda. They don't mean it. They mean it. And do everything that you can in order to prevent it. And out of that uh, doctrine, he ordered to uh, bomb the Osirak nuclear reactor. And see again how humanistic he was. Mm. He said that we have to attack it because before it became hot. Mm. Because if it's hot, it's like a nuclear bomb mm. when we will attack it. And he said, the children of Baghdad are not the enemy of the Jewish people. Mm. So we have to do it before it will be operated. We will be able to do it then. But we have to do it before it in order not to to harm innocent individuals. Uh, and you see the two sides being strong on one hand, and all, but on the other hand, be ready to compromise and be ready to look peace wherever you can. That's create his leadership. And that's why till today, he is considered to be uh, the most beloved prime minister in Israel and one of the two most important prime ministers, him and David Ben-Gurion, the, the first prime minister, the founding fathers of the state of Israel. Mm -hmm. And you've said it so well that principal leadership is so crucial in times of crisis. And the lessons learned from what uh, at that time Prime Minister Menachem Begin did for Israel, for the region, is undeniably principal leadership at its best. And he left a legacy for other leaders to certainly not only emulate, but to follow through. And for such a time like this here, as you've mentioned here, is that you know, strong national defense, a strong focus on protecting the Jewish state of Israel, but at the same time, willing to extend the hand of peace, uh, extend the hand of friendship, and uh, also uh, to be able to see that whole region being transformed. So if it weren't for Prime Minister Menachem Begin uh, sitting down with Anwar Sadat, we don't think that the Abram Accords uh, would have been facilitated and even become a reality. Right. And, you know, when you think about Begin's doctrine that you introduced us to, so let's see what would he do today? What would Begin do today at this situation, uh, knowing that his was a legacy to signing of the Abraham Accords where Arab countries came together for the prosperity of the region, for trade, for, for investments, for peace. And at this moment, normalizing of relations talk, 
talks, so negotiating between the Saudi Arabia and Israel with the U.S. leadership to get closer together. So meaning there are no more wars in, in the region with Iran being against it because, as you said, their whole picture of the world is war and chaos. So what do you think Menachem Begin would do today? Well, usually I try not to speculate and say what Begin would do, because, uh, you know, one of the signs of great people that you don't know what they uh, are going to do, because they are, you know, uh, looking at the reality, and the reality is changing uh, all the time. But from but knowing his history and knowing what he did, I can say that A, he wouldn't let Hamas become what he what it became. Hmm. Uh, we uh, made mistakes with Hamas. Uh, we felt that okay, uh, we al- we were allowed uh, Qatar to bring to s- give them money. We were allowed uh, to uh, workers from uh, Gaza Strip to work in Israel in order to encourage the economy there. It didn't work. We saw it mm. on last Saturday. It didn't work. Uh, they took the money. They uh, took uh, the money from the workers and they s- spend it on a, creating a killing machine, a murder machine. Mm. On the other hand, as I said, uh, Menachem Begin would look for leaders who are genuine in creating peace, what he identified with Sadat, that Sadat believed genuinely that the interest of the Egyptian people is to stop fighting and and try to concentrate in building their economy and building their welfare. So if he would identify among the leaders, as we did during the, the Abraham Accord, leaders from the Emirates, and other uh, countries uh, that uh, are seeking to do good. It's such a rare commodity those days. But if you identify, make all the efforts in order to expand peace and expand normalization in the region. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know whether war, it's the end of wars, but for sure we are going to stay here we are going to uh, not only survive, but to prosper and keep creating the great things that Israel uh, uh, is known for. And so are the Arabs. They are going to stay here. And we have to make sure uh, that we are looking for the good future for both of our people. Mm-hmm. Over the years, uh, uh, Mr. Markov, we've had discussions and events hosted in Israel, and we're truly really appreciative of the partnership that the International Leaders Summit has with the Menachem Begin Center in Jerusalem. Uh, and as we hosted the last Jerusalem Leaders Summit, there was an opportunity to talk um, with others about the long-term efforts uh, of building a region whereby there would be peace and prosperity. But at this very stage, we understand there is important, urgent work that needs to be done which is to eradicate uh, Hamas, uh, because you don't want to see this happen again. Uh, and the Israeli leaders today are saying that they are focused on eradicating this evil. 
We know that public opinion is such an influential part of any society. In America, we have seen leaders stand up and say that they're supportive of Israel, including uh, President Biden. And we appreciate leaders across the political spectrum coming together and saying, we stand with Israel. Now, we know that this war is going to be very ugly and it will take time. And the images coming from Gaza are not going to be very pretty. And we all need to understand that Americans, in order to be truly supportive of Israel, need to be with Israel for the long haul. And at the same time, what is your message to those that are protesting in the streets of London, of other parts of Europe, including, say, Bosnia, Croatia, Slovenia, some of these countries that came out of brutal wars and their own experiences with ethnic cleansing? And they're supportive of Hamas, which is actually killing babies. What is your message to these individuals that are supporting such an evil force on this world in the name of supporting a, a group like Hamas? You know, in a way, I pity those people that cannot uh, realize what they support. Today, this morning, I'm talking to you from Jerusalem, from Zion. I don't know if you can see uh, behind me the wall of the old city and David's citadel. We can see it. We can see that. Mm -hmm. And here were created and crystallized values that are shaping the Judeo-Christian world. And we share it. You in the United States, I know how deep you feel about those values. Uh, and I know how you see the Zionist revolution and the Zionist fulfillment as a, a fulfillment of the prophecy of the old prophets. That's what we share. And we also share, believe in a good a future for all human beings, in the happiness of the human beings. And in order to do that, we have no chance but to eliminate Hamas from the picture. Mm -hmm. We never aimed at children. We never aimed at innocent people, innocent victims in the world. But we never aimed and we never will. You can't go to history and bring even one massacre that was done from the Jewish side against the Palestinian on the Arab, because we share those values mm -hmm. of belief in the holiness of the human being, on the, the secret of life. And you should keep uh, supporting those values in our efforts. Indeed. Mr. Markov, uh, the Menachem Begin Center is going to be hosting events in the United States in the weeks to come. And we have uh, friends and networks in uh, the southern part of the states uh, that are going to be close to these locations. Could you share with us uh, when these events will take place? And we'll certainly put that up on our website at americasrt.com, where individuals can learn more about uh, these events that uh, the Menachem Begin Center will be hosting in the United States? Because of the situation right now, we shift the event to do it virtual event. I, I don't feel that I can fly nowadays 
and leave the country. And so the other person, Yosef Haddad, who was an Israeli soldier. And so we are going to do it uh, online uh, on the 18th and uh, 19th of uh, October. It's aimed to South Florida, uh, but I guess that everybody else will be able to uh, join and, and see it. Mm. Absolutely. And for our listeners, we're going to certainly place that on our website so that individuals can go to that specific link and be connected to the Menachem Begins uh, Center's uh, efforts that they're going to be hosting just next week. So we'll certainly place that for their interest so that they can hear from you directly and from your colleagues about the important role of the Menachem Begins Center and uh, the efforts that you are continuing through your education programs as well. And we just hope and trust that this war will not be a prolonged war. Uh, we, our hearts go out to victims and families of affected families that have lost loved ones. And we also hope and trust that uh, this, uh, the rescue of the uh, kidnapped individuals will go smoothly. And we all stand with Israel, stand with you. Uh, you are in our in our prayers daily, so we just hope that this is not going to be a prolonged war. Mm-hmm. This uh, weekend, we've been joined by Mr. Herzl Markov. He is the CEO of the Menachem Begin Center, the Heritage Center for the last 21 years, and uh, we certainly look forward to having Mr. Markov back on America's Roundtable in the days to come to continue our discussion on Israel and America and our close partnership and the values and principles principles that we share, as you've mentioned, those timeless principles, those unique principles of the Judeo-Christian heritage and tradition. And we thank you so much for your leadership, Mr. Herzl Markov, and all that you're doing uh, to strengthening our ties and to advancing the legacy, the life and legacy of Mr. Menachem Begin. Thank you, Mr. Markov. Thank you, and we hope to meet in a better days. Indeed. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.